Welcome to the Red Door Church Sermon Podcast. Red Door Church is a church seeking to transform the city of Pretoria by the power of the gospel. We are distinctly mission-minded, community-cultivating, and city-loving. Please enjoy this week's sermon, and don't forget to follow and continue the conversation by sharing with those around you. Church and welcome to Red Door. It's really good to be here this morning with you all. And um, as we have been reminded quite a few times this morning of just how good it is to be together and how important it is for us to be together. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jason. Um, just a couple of things about me. I'm from a really rough area. Sorry about that. I'm from a really rough area in Joburg known as Santon. Um, <laughs> uh, you laugh, but it goes down there as well, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, but it is really good to be with you all this morning. And uh, something big that's happening today, um, just part of me as well, and just sort of my story is, I am a Manchester fan. But I'm not going to say which Manchester, because... <laughs> Today, City play United, and you know, we used to say Ollie's at the wheel. Now I'm just like, I don't know who's at the wheel. Um, probably a taxi driver, but um, yeah, I am actually a Manchester United fan. I will never uh, ditch my team for the other. Um, and before, before, so the last time I preached, Rain actually had to bail me out with this, but just something else about me is that I am married. Yeah. As Timber likes to say, I'm a man of what? But one wife. Yeah. There we go. Um, and yeah, my, my missional community didn't let that go. They're like, how can you forget? But um, how can I forget? It is now five months in. I'm a married man, happily, happily married. And I must say, marriage has taught me many things. Manage, marriage has, has taught me a lot of things about myself. Um, I have surprised myself in many ways. But one of the things that marriage has really taught me is how much people care. Now, what I mean by that is, I literally just told you guys about football and how much it means to me. You think it stops and starts at church when I see the boys, or when I see my friends, we just talk about football. Nah. I tell Megan everything about what is happening at Manchester United. I tell her about the management, how much I hate the owners, um, how much I love and hate certain players. And she, man, she's in there. She's like, really? No. And there's times where she's on point where I'm like, yeah, she cares. She really cares about this. And then there's other days I'm like, well, yeah, I would have done the same. But um, marriage has taught me that, that family cares because the amount of times I've spoken to Megs about things that she really, really does not care about, she still pretends to care for the sake of my feelings. And I think in some ways she started to grow into like certain things. Um, the other thing is I love tech. Man, I will like spill out everything about tech to Megs, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't understand what I'm talking about, but she's like, that is so interesting. And, and just as I went down this like train of thought, I started thinking about back when I was still staying with my folks in Joburg. The amount of times I must have spoken to them about things they didn't care about. I remember like when I was like nine or ten years old, I used to watch Dragon Ball Z. Are there any guys who guys or girls who watch it right? Man, I would go and tell my dad everything that was happening with Goku today. Dad, Goku's sick. Goku stayed sick for like a month. I still went every morning, Dad, Goku's sick. And my dad was like, Really? 
He pretended to care. But you see, that's the amazing thing about family, right? Family care about us. Family really cares about us. Family supports us. And as much as I'm joking around and talking about football and tech and Dragon Ball Z, there are times when it really gets difficult in life. And having family, having that support structure is incredibly necessary. It's incredibly important. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed how much family cares? How much family goes out of their way to support you, to look out for you, to support you? I got family here today to hear me preach from Joburg. Maybe it's not your immediate family that comes to mind when I'm saying this. Maybe it's a grandparent or grandparents. Maybe it's a group of friends. Maybe it's your res family, the guys or girls that you stay with at res. But we all have that support group, that community that, you know, we don't just consider them to be just friends. You guys are, as the phrase goes, like family to me. But we mean that. Think about the importance of family and community in your own life. How has family and close community played a role in your life? How has family or community shaped you as a person? And what role has it played in making you who you are today? In the times when life has really gotten you down, what role has family or close community played in your life? Before we go any further, let me pray for us and we'll jump in. Father, we want to thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can continuously learn from what you have said and written thousands of years ago, that we can still be encouraged today, that we can grow to know you more. Father, we want to thank you for community. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to walk this walk alone, but that we can do this alongside others. And Father, I pray that as, as I speak this morning, that these words would not be my words, but that they would be your words. Father, may your spirit speak through me this morning. And Father, may you be glorified. And I just pray, Lord, for anyone sitting here this morning who's on the edge with you, who's, who's considering this journey with you, Father, I pray that you would just soften their hearts and speak into their lives this morning. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. There we go. Amen. All right, just a little bit of context. We are currently in a series called Worthy as we are journeying through the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church. And Paul is currently in prison as he's writing this letter. And he's writing to the church in Philippi, encouraging them and reminding them to live as citizens not of this world, but rather to live as citizens of heaven, to live lives worthy of the gospel. Hence, you would have seen in the previous slide, the, the, the title, Worthy. And last week, as Rain preached, we were reminded about this thing called sanctification. Sanctification is a very big uh, Christian word in many ways, but it's basically the journey as we process from being very worldly, moving towards being Christ-like, being more like Jesus. We are sanctified. We are made more into who God has called us to be in Christ's image. And Rain reminded us of how tough it can be the process of sanctification, but also what a joyful and what an important experience it is as God makes us more and more like Jesus. However, I'm pretty sure a lot of us in hearing that can agree that it is difficult 
And Rain gave some examples of his own life of how that has proven to be really difficult. And it's not something that we want to do alone. It's not something we should do alone. And that's what brings us to where we are today in this letter to the Philippians. And as we look at this portion of the letter, the thing that stood out to me as I was preparing, and even this morning, just hearing Maria read it again this morning, the thing that's standing out to me is, man, this church is not just a Sunday church. These people are a tight-knit community who care about one another, who know one another deeply and intricately. And I think that for us as Red Door here today, we can learn from this early church. We've got a lot that we can learn from the early church. And the three things that I wanted to pull out for us this morning is the first is the role of community. What is the role of community? Well, simply put, the role of community is to care for one another, to serve one another, and to live out our faith together. Have a look with me at verse 20 to 21. It reads as follows. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Notice how deeply when Paul refers to Timothy and why he is keen to send Timothy to the church of Philippi is because Timothy cares deeply for the community. And he uses Timothy as an example of this. Have a look at verse 25 to 28 with me quickly. It says, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you send to take care of my needs. For he longs for you all, and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I'm all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety." Just in those verses, do you notice how much care is involved in this, in this community? They sent Paul, they sent Epaphroditus to Paul because they care for Paul and they want him to care for his needs, right? They then get concerned because they hear he's sick. He gets concerned. He's like, don't worry, I'm fine. He gets concerned by that. And Paul mentions in here that he was glad because God showed mercy to him because he says, but God had mercy on him and not only on him, but on me also, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. And I'm ready in prison. I don't need Epaphroditus to die. I care too much. Do you notice as we look at this community, just in these few verses, how much they care for one another? Notice how much they care for one another. And not just, we care about your well-being and we'll pray for you because you're sick. But man, we're actually concerned about losing this brother. We're actually concerned about one another. Secondly, to serve one another. Verse 25, it says again, but I think it is necessary to send back to you, Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. So they're sending this guy back and forth to take care for one another, to look after one another, to serve one another. Epaphroditus goes to take care of Paul. 
Do you notice the service that is happening within that? That's a massive sacrifice to go and put yourself in a space where you go to look after someone and he still gets sick. But they seek to serve one another. Even in the role model of Timothy that Paul gives us, he says, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. He makes reference to that. It's all about serving. As we look at this church, they're serving one another. And to live out our faith together, encouraging one another. Church, as we read through this, have a look at the family that we are experiencing just in reading this. We're seeing a group of people who care so deeply for one another. This isn't a group of people who are just meeting once a, once a week. And, and that's not at all me. I'm not trying to play down what we're doing here today. Sunday, as Rain mentioned earlier, is so important. It's not just a podcast. It's not just an online sermon. We want to come together and worship together. And that's, that's so important. But we cannot just be passing through here. We're not, this isn't a game of Monopoly where we're, going, we're passing through Go and collecting our 200 this is about community and this church we're not just doing a, a, a one day a week thing or a morning a week thing they were living out their faith together and caring for one another and serving one another don't you get like I, when I read this I kind of get the, the energy of an ant colony it's just like super busy like they're just doing things and caring for one another it's very cool See, this family is so truly convinced of this good news. This family is so convinced of the gospel that they do it together. The hardest things in life require support systems. Close support systems. I think of when I got married. A lot of people, like, when, when you're looking at a wedding, you're seeing the fun parts, right? Like the guys in the suits and the, so there's the bachelor's parties and the bachelorettes or the kitchen teas, whichever one you want to do. There's all the fun things. But behind the scenes, there's two people who are incredibly nervous about this massive step that they're about to take. And I remember on the day, um, I was stressed. Um, I think I was chilled up until the day. Like the morning I woke up and all the stress that there should have been just like hit me. And the thing that really held me together was having my groomsmen around me. This close community of guys saying, hey, Jay, like, this is going to be fine. You can have a good time today. You're doing the right thing. We support you, and we're here to support you, not just on the day, but past that. You see, church, every big thing that we do requires support and community. And some of us are here today, and we're still not sure about this whole Christianity thing. We're not sure about whether we should take that step of faith in Jesus. But I want to say First of all, we get it. It's a big commitment. Second of all, we appreciate that you're taking it so seriously. But third of all, we want you to know that you will not walk this road alone. You will not walk this road alone. We were not meant to walk this road alone. The second thing I want to say is the role of others in community. Now, it's kind of weird to think because community does automatically mean that there's others, right? But these others also play a role in community. We don't just go and sit down together and eat together, but the other people actually play a role in this process and in this walk that we are walking. And as we read this, Paul is showing through Timothy and Epaphroditus that, hey guys, we can actually learn from these two guys who are walking that journey already, who are walking this road. And he uses the two of them as, as an example. So we see what it means through these two guys to live as citizens 
of heaven and not earth. Timothy, in verse 20 to 21, it says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. Verse 30, in reference to Epaphroditus, he says, because he almost, sorry, honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. So he's using these two guys as examples of what it looks like to, to be in the process of sanctification, to, living, to be living as people not of earth or of this world, but as citizens of heaven. This is what it's going to look like. Take, look at these guys, see them as an example, and look at how they care, and look at how they sacrifice for the work of the gospel. See, in community, there is so much to be learned from one another. We can look at people, even within Red Door, and be like, man, I hope that one day I have the zeal of Zane. <laughs> one day I want to be as hospitable as Vikas and Yanali. I want to be as honorable as Reynard and Yanin. We look at people and we think, man, God is working in these people, and we see that, we experience it, and man, I really would love to be as XYZ as this person. And now, sure, our ultimate role model is Jesus. We don't want to be looking up to people in the church alone because people in the church will let you down. We're all sinners, church. We're all going to let each other down at some point. But it really is helpful to have brothers and sisters next to us who can help us in this. The other way that we, that we learn from one another is through testimony. Throughout the past year of journeying together as a church, we've had so many people come up and share their testimonies with us. And I think every time someone has shared their testimony and gone down, I'm like, oh God, like you are good. God, you are so faithful. And I'll be going through something in that time thinking like, I don't know where God is, I don't know what he's doing. And you just hear a testimony, you're like, man, God is always working even when we don't see it. Through character, we look at others and we think, man, look at this person's character. We see Paul doing that with Timothy and Epaphroditus. Look at, look at the character, guys. Look at the character. We learn from one another in the truths of God. Sometimes when life gets really tough, we forget about things, right? We're like, man, is God even here? Does God even care? And sometimes you just need someone else on the outside saying, hey, let's remember what the Bible tells us about who God is. Let's remember what, what we know of who God is. And we need one another to encourage us and to remind us of who he is. And church, I want to encourage us here today to dig deeper into community. Because there is so much to gain from one another, being in the space. Paul knew and saw the value of others. And we here at Red Door today need to have the same view of others, that we can learn from them and be encouraged from them. But also with that, we need to realize that we also bring something to the table. Others can learn from us through our testimony. Some of us sitting here today are like, man, I don't have a cool testimony. My testimony won't do anything for anyone. That is not true. Your story is your story and it's meant to be shared and told. When people don't come to church, we don't miss them because, oh, we miss your face. We miss you because we miss what you bring into this community. Each and every one of us adds value to this community that is Red Door Church. And the final thing that I want to say this morning is the importance of it all. When we look at this early church, we see a tight knit community that cares deeply for one another. 
We get a sense of life from this community, of movement, of busyness, but real and genuine family. This isn't an idle group of people who just know of each other or know about each other. This is a group of people who know one another intricately. In verse 22, Paul even says, but you know that Timothy has proved himself. They know Timothy. You guys know how he is and what he is like. This is a community of people who know each other intricately and have journeyed together. And this is important because this is how we journey together in our faith. You would have noticed the title of the sermon is We're All In This Together. Now you're either singing that or you're too young or you're too old. (laughs) But it's important because this is how we as a church journey together in our faith. This is how we journey in our process of sanctification. We were reminded last week of how great it is, the process of sanctification, but how difficult it also is. But we don't do it alone. This is how we journey in living Christ-centered lives that are worthy of the gospel. This is how we wrestle with the Bible, family. There are going to be so many times when you are reading with the Bible. I feel like a lot of people who are not Christian yet look at Christians and they're like, you guys agree with everything that the Bible says. And that's just your worldview fits that. And in some ways that is true. But in other ways, there are so many times when we as Christians get to a verse or a passage or an idea within Scripture and we look at that and we're like, man, I'm really struggling to understand that. I really don't understand how God can operate this way. Or I don't understand why things work this way and I'm struggling to understand why the Bible says this. There are going to be so many times when you read something or hear something and you're going to be like, what? Come again? But that's where we engage. That's where we engage with others in the church, in the community, who maybe do have differing views, but we wrestle with the text together and we come to a conclusion together and we say, man, I understand. It's hard, but I understand. And we can know that as we walk this journey, not only do we not do it alone, but we were never meant to do it alone. If we look at the church that Jesus set up right in the beginning of Acts, we've been journeying through Acts a few times as a church. We look at how Jesus set up a community. He didn't just say, okay, Peter, go out on your own and do this. No, no, no. There were 12. And you will not do it alone. And better yet, I will send my spirit to guide you. We were never meant to journey this or walk this journey alone, to walk this road alone. But church, as I wrap up, I want to come back to this one thing. And I want to ask us all this morning, what is this all about though? As we look at this community and as we look at what we're doing this morning and there's been a lot of emphasis on community and usness and togetherness, what is this all about? Is it about the good coffee? Is it about the awesome songs? Good job, band. What is this about? It's all about the gospel. Without Jesus and without what he did for us, none of this matters. None of this is essential. And as we look at this passage, I'm reminded of the history of, that what we are doing today is steeped in. 
Jesus Christ dying because he knew his own mission to be true. Dying because he loved every person and he knew that, they, that, that what they needed was this gift of mercy and grace. And the only way that could be achieved is through him paying the ultimate price and better yet, defeating death and rising again and trusting his father that that would happen. In this very passage that we looked at today, we see Paul sitting in prison. He is in chains because of what he believed to be true. We see Epaphroditus nearly dying because of what he believed to be true. This very gospel, this very good news. And this very gospel church has traveled generation upon generation with many others suffering so that this news would reach the ears and the hearts of others. And it's because of this rich history, church, that we are here today meeting together. And perhaps you're sitting here today and you believe that you're a Christian, but this walk has been really difficult. Believing in this gospel and this truth about Jesus has been really tough. You thought when you signed up for this that life was going to get easier, but it didn't. you found that this journey has been really long. There's been moments of joy, but there's also been moments of pain and doubt. It's been a very hard and a very lonely journey. I want to say, church, if you're sitting here today and that is you, you don't have to do this alone. And you were not supposed to do this alone. We were never supposed to do this alone. First, we have the Spirit of Jesus. And two, we have each other. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've just been doing the Sunday thing. And that's been working fine. You're happy to just do the Sunday thing. And again, Sundays are good. I'm not at all playing down what we're doing on a Sunday. Sundays are great. But I also want to say it's great that you are here on a Sunday. And that you're choosing to be here on a Sunday. And we're glad that you're here and that you're coming and worshipping with others. But I want to encourage you, if that is you sitting here this morning, to plug yourselves into a community and receive the love, the care, support that you need. Specifically, when the tough and challenging times come. Who's praying with you? Who's journeying with you when those tough times come? When that doubt hits you like a bus, and you're just not sure about where you stand and how God fits into everything that is happening. I want to encourage you to, to dig into a community. But with that, you can also be the person that someone else needs in their time of need. Don't be missing out on, on the other things that are happening. Sunday is great, but we can't encourage each other and love one another and know each other deeply just from seeing each other on a Sunday morning. Well, finally, maybe you're here today and you're still not sure about all of this. You've seen us doing our thing here and you're just like, I get it, but I'm just, I'm just not there. Maybe you, you're wanting to take that step and you want to begin the journey with Jesus, but you just want to first clean up the house a bit. You want to tidy things up before you welcome Jesus in. You want to clear the clutter out of the way. I want to say that you don't need to do that. There's a church um, that I know of in Durban. They, they had their logo on a signboard and right underneath it, the, um, the slogan or like the motto <laughs> of the church. Yeah, more, more slogan was, 
Come as you are. Come as you are. And that's the thing. You will never feel ready or adequate to come to Jesus if you're going to first try and clean up before coming to him. Come as you are. Meet with him. And we'll walk this road with you as a church community. And you can know that as you declutter and as you sort things out, firstly, Jesus will do that with you. Again, that's what we heard about last week, the process of sanctification. That's Jesus walking that road with us. We do that together as well as a community. And I want to challenge us as a church here today. I want to challenge us to live in community with one another. To really get to know one another. Just like we saw the church in Philippi and how they knew one another and how they loved one another, how they cared for one another so deeply. I want to encourage us to be caring for one another deeply. Knowing one one another intricately. We are all in this together. And I want to encourage us, church, as we strive to live lives worthy of the gospel, and as we strive to live as citizens of heaven, not of earth, let's never try and do it alone. Let's do it together as family. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you so much for, for community, Father. We thank you for family. And Lord, we just thank you for who you are and, and what you've been doing in this church, Father. But Father, we also want to pray, Lord, that we would never let go of community, that we would never think that online and listening to a sermon here and there can ever fill what is happening here on a Sunday and the community that we're experiencing in the week. And Father, we just want to pray for those of us who are here today who are struggling with, with you and struggling with what it might be like to follow you, Father. I just pray that, Lord, that you would ready their hearts to journey with you. That no matter what the clutter is and no matter what the mess is in their lives, that, Lord, that you are calling them to come as they are and that we will all journey this together. And, Father, with that, we thank you for your spirit who you sent to walk this journey with us, to guide us, to speak to us, and to sanctify us. And Father, we just pray that when we fellowship now, Lord, that you would help us to really have intentional conversation. And we just pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.